Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Welcome to another episode of Creators Outlet, brought to you by our friends over at the Inked Marketing Team at www.inked.marketing. We want to remind you that Heel Turn, the comic, issue one, is now live on Kickstarter. Heel Turn, where the world of professional wrestling meets Dexter. Get your copy today at inked.pub forward slash heel turn. And we want to remind you to please subscribe, comment, and share at youtube.com forward slash she forward slash creators outlet. And today we welcome our special guest, Mr. Ryland Grant back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. How are you? How you doing, man? Good to see you. Doing quite well. So before we get into the reason we're here today, uh, why don't you give us an update on what is going on with uh, the last book? I got the email, so I... I kind of, I kind of know, but just to let anybody else know that might not have gotten into their emails yet. Uh, yeah, the, the the jump issue too. Um, uh, fulfillment, I mean, just short and sweet fulfillment is going to happen this month. Uh, so um, there was a uh, a very brief um, delay slash hiccup, uh, COVID related hiccup with the printer um, that mm-hmm. maybe pushed us back a week or two. But um, yeah, the uh, you know the books. Uh, are shipping this week and um i should have them and then i go into uh fulfillment hell so if you're you're waiting on the jump too it's coming <laughs> it's, it's coming of, uh, he, he's yeah, waiting I, to box everything up you know between all the other work he's doing and uh in home life and what fun yeah but, the but restrictions uh, yeah. are uh, loosening up so even even out in california so like you might be able to get a couple of friends to help you come over and stuff boxes yeah we'll see We'll see. It's it, it, it's it, it's tough. I mean, particularly after um, 
mean, we're so used to, uh, I don't know, being locked down. Yeah. It, it's tough to inflict that on some friends, but uh, who knows, you know, pizza, beer, maybe it works. I'm a little too far away, but, you know, the pizza and beer sounds good to me. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I, I, I was going to say, I don't know how well I can trust my friends to uh, to um, carefully pack your comic books. So uh, there's that thing, too. I have a lot of good friends. Yeah, there's so. that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> especially after the pizza and beer. Yeah, yeah. You know, gre- greasy fingers and a little sud spilling. And yeah, you know, we'll wait happily. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. So tell us about this new book, uh, Suicide Jockeys. Yeah. Um, so uh, my next book, um, my uh, triumphant return to comic shops, uh, uh, is um, it starts dropping in August. Um, you can pre-order right now via your local comic shop. Um, it is a, a tokusatsu joint uh, called Suicide Jockeys. Um Tokusatsu for the the uninitiated um, is the Japanese uh, sci-fi action genre that includes um, you know stuff like Voltron, Power Rangers, Ultraman, that sort of thing. But it oh, also cool. includes uh, um, uh, kaiju stuff like Godzilla and, and the like, you know, monster uh, monster movies. Um, and so, yeah, decided to take on that genre. Um, and you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun, um, short and sweet, kind of in a nutshell. Um, we pitch our book as kind of fast and the furious meets power Rangers, um, uh, uh, fast and the furious meets, uh, Voltron, excuse me. But, um, we are trying to do, um, you know, uh, tokusatsu, I mean, it has fans in the States, um, uh, but it is kind of like a, a niche audience, a, a cult audience. And so, um, we, my team and I, uh, were fans, big fans, and we thought that it kind of hasn't gotten its, its right due. And so the, um, uh, you know, the, the idea here was to kind of bring tokusatsu to kind of make it cool, to, uh, to, to package it for a modern American action movie fan. Um, and we put a pretty interesting team together to do that. I mean, the first thing is the, you know, the, the art team is, uh, uh, the artist is Davi Leon Diaz. The colorist is Juan Joko Triano and the, the, the colorist is, is HDE. And, you know, people who have read my books will know those guys as, uh, that was the team that, um, you know, did Aberrant, uh, with me. Um, and of course we won a Ringo award for that. We're nominated for two others. Uh, they did my, um, they did my book, the peacekeepers, uh, nice. my Fargo-esque, uh, um, crime drama. And so we are reuniting here, uh, giving it another run. And, um, and so great team there, but we're adding somebody very interesting to the team this go around. Um, this was kind of co-conceived, uh, uh, by me and a fellow named Brad Warner. I'm going to step off camera here and try and grab something. Uh, that will help me, but I'm not seeing it. Let me see if I can find it. Um, I don't see Brad's book sitting around. That's annoying. Here they are. This is great radio, guys. Um, as I'm looking through my office, uh, so Brad, um, what, <laughs> a lot of people who know me uh, uh, know that one of the um, the weirder uh, and more interesting kind of like lines on my bio is that I am an ordained Soto Zen Buddhist monk, um, and that would require a whole show to explain adequately. So I'm just going to kind of float that and leave it. Maybe we can talk about it a little bit more in a, in a bit after we get through uh, talking about the book it means that I meditate a lot. It means that I teach people how to meditate. It means some other things that aren't that important, but um, uh, anyway, uh, Soto Zen is a Japanese uh, um, uh, tradition. 
Um, and so because of my whatever 15 plus years, uh, uh, you know, um, wrestling with Soto Zen, I have a lot of kind of odd connections back to Japan. And one of them is this other uh, uh, Soto Zen Buddhist monk named Brad Warner, who is a, a pretty, um, you know, pretty popular, pretty prolific author in his own right. Um, he's written about a dozen books. He's sold like hundreds of thousands of books. Uh, he is best known for a book called Hardcore Zen. Um, which I believe the subtitle is Punk Rock, Monster Movies, and the Truth About Reality. And so, um, you know, hugely popular book in the Zen community. It's kind of the American Zenny's technical manual if we're interested at all in Zen or or uh, or meditation. I, I highly recommend it. It's a great book. But um, Well, just from the subtitle, I kind of want to buy it now. Yeah, well, it's pretty awesome. And, it, and it's like, you know, then his, uh, uh, you know, his, uh, I think his favorite bo book of mine is called Sit Down and Shut Up. And the subtitle there is Punk Rock. <laughs> Punk rock commentaries on Buddha, God, truth, sex, death, and Dogen's treasury of the right Dharma eye. And then the art on that is just spectacular. Um, and so he is, uh, um, you know, he's, he's been writing for years and he's a, a, a great writer and a really creative guy. Um, but, uh, you know, Brad was this guy who, um, I don't know, uh, uh, he grew up in Akron. Uh, he went to Kent State and, you know, was, was kind of... Uh, you know, very active kind of politically there. And he got kind of fed up with how things were, were, were going in the States. And so at some point he just kind of, I don't know, got fed up. He packed up and he moved to Japan for a while. And he moved to Japan specifically to make monster movies. He was, uh, you know, like me at a young age, kind of exposed to this, this really interesting tokusatsu content. For me, it was, um, you know, I mean, when we grew up, everybody had kind of those two UHF channels. You know, and, and and for me, it was uh, in Detroit. It was uh, Channel Twenty and Channel Fifty, and Channel Fifty in particular, WKBD had um, uh, every um, on weekends. It was like Saturday afternoon. They had Tokusatsu stuff. You never knew what you were going to see. It was just something different, you know. Um, and it just always blew my mind. Like I, I had no idea what I was watching. I was so you know intrigued by it. Well, Brad was so intrigued and hypnotized by the stuff that he just had to you know. I mean, he he gobbled up as much of it as he could, and so eventually. You know, when he's a young man, he decides, well, this is what I want to do with my life. And he moves to Japan to make these things. And so he ends up landing a job uh, uh, with a company called Zubra, uh, Zubraya Productions, which is a company that was founded by the uh, the man who um, created Godzilla. Um, and uh, and they've made you know dozens of shows over the years, um, but they are best known for making all the Ultraman stuff. Um, and you know, Ultraman doesn't it doesn't quite get the respect that he deserves out here. But Ultraman is kind of the, the biggest TV show in the world, like um, wildly popular. And so Brad was for a dozen years a producer and executive on Ultraman. Um, and so when I say um, when I say Tokusatsu for the modern American action movie audience, when I say Voltron meets Fast and the Furious or Ultraman meets Fast and the Furious. Uh, Brad has that, the tokusatsu side of that equation uh, 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 settled. You know, he is very much an expert in these things. I mean, he's watched it his whole life. Uh, he is very much like a, a historian, a connoisseur of this stuff, but he's also made this stuff for a really long time. And um, and then, you know, of course, you've had me on before and, and we've talked at length about my, my American action movie cred. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've spent about 15 years writing in Hollywood, uh, uh, doing mostly poppy action movies for folks like, you know, Ridley Scott and J.J. Abrams and John Woo and, and Luke Besson, um, and, and Justin Lin and on and on and on. And my, um, you know, one of my claims to fame is that I have actually written for, um, the directors of, uh, now six of nine Fast and the Furious movies. So, 
um, if there was a man in comics who has that Fast and the Furious grid, <laughs> uh, it's probably me. Yeah, yeah. And so um, you know, and so uh, so we're taking Tokusatsu. We're making it cool. We're making it badass. Um, there there are some other influences in there. Um, I think uh, uh, a lot of the fun I have was. Um, this at some point kind of becomes a love letter to um, a lot of the the '90s action movies that that I I, I love so much. Um, there was there was this kind of subgenre of action movies that happened in the '90s um, that you know it's really kind of really kind of muscly, you know, big, you know, uh, uh, you know, swaggery uh, uh, protagonists, and so I'm thinking um, along the lines of like Face Off and Con Air. And, oh, yeah. and the rock movies like that. And so this, this thing very much, you know, while it does, it, you know, it, it does deal um, uh, with some serious thematics and we can talk about that in a minute. Um, this very much feels uh, and looks like one of those, one of those movies. And, and, and I think in the best way, and um, those are some of my favorite films. I mean, um, if you follow me on Instagram uh, while I write, I have old VHS, uh, you know, old VHS tapes playing all the time and mm-hmm. um, you will, all too often, you know, find The Rock or Con Air or Armageddon or, or something like that playing. And um, so it kind of seeped into my brain and, uh, and ended up on the page here. Um, you know, but, but, but as I said, as I said, there are some serious thematics. I mean, it's, um, it is a, um, you know, kind of like a, a Boogie Nights-esque uh, uh, dissection of like a non-traditional family in a lot of ways, which is, you know, I think very interesting. Um, and then, um, and then Brad and I are both, uh, you know, ordained Soto Zen Buddhist monks. And so, um, I don't know, to say that we're teaching Zen with this thing is, is a little bit much. Um, but we are, you know, in Zen practice, we kind of wrestle with these big, hairy, hairy existential ideas all the time. Who am I? Why am I here? Uh, uh, you know, meaning of life, um, uh, uh, principles of kind of time and space and all of these things. And, um, in the book, we are kind of wrestling with all these big questions, examining all these these kind of uh, uh, you know themes and, and and bits of business uh, in a in a kind of fun heightened way, you know. Yeah. Now, how did the whole uh, project fall together with uh, and and SourcePoint getting involved? Well. I mean, the project falling together, this project has an interesting story. I mean, the first thing is just that, um, you know, Brad and I have spent a really long time together and, and, um, and, you know, there was a really, there was a huge part of our lives where we were together a couple of times a week just for Zen stuff. And then, um, and then, uh, you know, Brad is a pretty noteworthy Zen personality and, um, he does a lot of teaching and he does, uh, these retreats, you know, um, uh, it, it, it's common in Zen practice to, you know, once, twice a year, you go up into the mountains at a, at a retreat center and you, you, you spend, uh, you know, whatever, three days a week in, in silence, you know? Um, and so, uh, and so for, for, uh, for more than a few years, I ran Brad's retreats. Um, and so, you know, that, that that's a lot of time spent, uh, in the mountains alone with stuff to think about. And I think that kind of the seeds of this thing were planted during a lot of those, uh, you know, a lot of those kind of long periods, uh, uh spent with a lot of time to think about stuff and kind of, you know, what you want to see and what you want to do and all of that stuff. Um, and then, you know, just kind of like a, a tennis ball, you knock it around, uh, uh, for a couple of years and something grows out of it. Um, and, you know, I, again, I mean, it's, it's Brad's favorite thing in the world. Um, uh, you know, Brad is funny cause I think Brad more than anything, uh, you know, wanted to be 
I mean, he would love to write, write tokusatsu books, right? But he's sort of, um, he's a guy that kind of got stuck writing, um, uh, uh, you know, being this like really noteworthy Zen, Zen author. You know, so, sometimes you kind of you kind of can't cho uh, choose. I mean, I think I've been on this show before talking about I, I, I'm the idiot who um, complains about uh, getting to write movies in Hollywood. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I came into Hollywood, um, you know, I saw Pulp Fiction and I wanted to uh, and I wanted to do that. Um, but by the time I got out to Hollywood, they, Hollywood kind of stopped making those movies, you know, and I kind of got stuck writing these big poppy action movies. And that's a, that, that's an overstatement. I mean, um, uh, what I do is awesome. And, uh, you know, give me fucking Die Hard and Beverly Hills Cop or any of those movies, every, you know, every day of the week. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but, but it's funny. I mean, you you kind of have one thing in mind and, um, and life takes you somewhere else. And so this project, you know, I mean, my move to comics was really about, uh, not, not any longer being stuck writing what Hollywood tells me to write. You know, was, uh, the beauty of comics is you can kind of write anything anyway, as long as it's good, you'll find an audience for it. And so my move to comics was about that. And I think Brad coming out and doing this project, it was about that too, kind of being able to, you know, flex a different writing muscle and kind of get back to maybe where he originally wanted to be in a, in a fun way. So there was that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the story of this project past then is, you know, so we, we, you know, we spent we spent some time getting the book together, and we essentially had it ready to go. You know, February um, of last year, um, and it was set to be announced and, and released by a big publisher um, uh, last year. It was going to be released probably last summer, and then um, and then COVID hits, and then comic sh shops start closing, and then it's pencils down everywhere. And then um, you know, I'm not going to name the company or the people involved, but um, pretty much everyone at this company got fired, um, you know? And so, uh, and so I went from being in contact with three people over there every day and kind of negotiating the, the, you know, the, the, the announcement and the eventual release of my book to, you know, the next day, um, I literally don't have a working email address at that company. <laughs> and then, you know, there's this, there's this period of, okay, this thing's in limbo. Uh, there is a new regime. Do they want to deal with what the old regime was dealing with? Um, and, and what does the schedule look like now? Uh, and, um, you know, particularly for something that hasn't been officially scheduled and all that stuff. And, um, and so, you know, I ultimately didn't like how the situation was shaping up. And so I took the book back. The problem is you take your book back and, um, and every company out there is kind of scheduled for a year, year and a half. So there's a delay. Right. And then we're also kind of waiting for COVID to shake out and all that stuff. And so, um, over the course of that year, um, you know, I, I mean, at any given time, I have like, four, you know, four titles in the pipe, right? And so oh, yeah. I, I, I have all this material. And so that's why I moved on to Kickstarter. I mean, when I, um, you know, I, I did the jump in uh, uh, the jump number one in June of, of last year. And that was really a reaction to all of this. It's like, okay, well, um, well, you know, there, there's no traditional publishing right now. So what do I do with these things? And Kickstarter ended up being such a an interesting opportunity at that point that um that i moved over there um and had a lot of fun with kickstarter i mean i did three kickstarters in, in in a year basically you know um and it was it was tons of fun and you know wildly engaged and enthusiastic um uh uh you know audience over there um you know but of course like i mean if you're not servicing both um both sides of that equation like you're you're doing yourself a disservice and so you know the idea was always to kind of get back in comic shops um you know, uh, while continuing the Kickstarters as soon as I could. Um, and so, yeah, SourcePoint, um, 
you know, source point was, uh, I mean, it was the move. Um, uh, we had been circling each other for a while and it was a matter, it, it wasn't a matter of like, if we were going to do something together, it was a matter of when. Um, and so I first met the guys at source point at the Ringo awards in 2019. You know, that was when, uh, when, when we, we won for, for aberrant. Um, and I was sitting at a table at the Ringo awards and you know, I had some great people at my table and we were having fun, but I looked over here and, you know, the source point table was right next to us and they were having, it was a fucking party, you know, I mean, it was like, they were having a great time. And I'm like, I, I want to be over there. <laughs> like, like what is going on at that table? I need to know those people. And so afterwards I kind of made my way over and, you know, introduced myself and, um, you know, started, uh, uh, you know, started chatting, uh, um, at that point. And, um, you know, and then, and then I just, you know, their, their game is strong. Um, I, I like, um, I think they're tastemakers in the business. Um, you know, almost like, a, a you know, a Sundance in the nineties thing where they're finding kind of really interesting, um, uh, uh, creative voices and, and things that you're not used to seeing and they're, and they're kind of putting those up front. Um, so that was really interesting. And so, so yeah, after, you know, after kind of the fallout of COVID, um, I just called those guys up and I, and I was like, Hey, let's get on the zoom and let's, let's figure out what things look like moving forward. And so, um, so yeah, the deal with source point was not about one book, even it was about a relationship that was going to last for a really long time. So, um, so I kind of found a new comic home with them. Um, they've been great. I'm excited about it. And, um, and yeah, so, uh, this is, this is round one, you know, of, of, of many to come. Well, that's good. Uh, we deal, uh, over at Outright Geekery, we've been dealing with them for a long time, and they always, they always put out a good quality prod, product. So, yeah, I was kind of excited to see that. So you get like you know, you're looking at like half your library and Kickstarter, and the other the other, the beginning of the other half is at, at Source Point. Yeah, well, well, I mean, it's um, you know, the the, I mean, the way that books get released. Um, and the way that create and the road that creators take with their books, it's just changing so radically I mean, it's changing every day. Right. Um, but I mean, one of the things I discovered, um, doing those Kickstarters is that, um, there are these two audiences now, right? There is a, I would have said this before on the show, but there is a, uh, there is this very rabid, wildly enthusiastic, you know, extremely engaged audience on Kickstarter. Uh, there are people that kind of only buy their books on Kickstarter. And there are people that are that only buy their books in comic shops. And there's crossover there, of course, but not nearly as much as you think. Um, and so, you know, there's there's just such an opportunity on Kickstarter right now. Um, and and using it as a promotional tool. You know, I mean you, you know you know you're doing the right thing when like when 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 Boom is doing it behind you with with Keanu Reeves. You know, I mean yeah. uh, Boom took Berserker to to Kickstarter. They made two point one million dollars after that, they put it in a comic shop, and it becomes literally the the best selling book of all, uh, uh, you know single issue of all time. Um, I mean, that tells you something, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, Kickstarter becomes this event uh, um, from which you can then kind of like launch all these other things, you know. Um, it's a it's a promotional tour tool. It's a fan base builder. It's a a, a publicity um, um, you know uh, a base. It's um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. And so as a creator, if you're not, if you're not servicing both, uh, both worlds right now, you're doing yourself, you're doing your title a disservice. And so, um, 
So it'll be a two-pronged approach moving forward uh, with me. Um, but just, you know, I mean, as, as Boom showed us, but um, as people like Charlie Stickney have been showing us for years with White Ash, mm-hmm. um, you know, just because you kickstart a book first doesn't mean that you, you can't then take it into a comic shop and have a very successful run there. And so, you know, uh, I mean, Charlie, um, you know, Charlie kickstarted, I, I think he's done six White Ash Kickstarters. Um, you know, and the last one had 1,300 backers and 60 plus thousand dollars or something like that. It was really successful. Um, you know, and then he takes White Ash and uh, via Scout Comics puts it in comic shops, and um, and he's had a really successful run over there too. So, um, so that is a very interesting model. And so, um, so you know, and, and and there's there's no really right or wrong answer. I mean, with with Suicide Jockeys, we went right to comic shops. Um, we did that for you know a number of reasons, but uh, with the jump with Peacekeepers. Um, you'll see a few more Kickstarters out of those. Um, you know, there, there are fan bases there that, that, that want more and we're going to, you know, uh, release, you know, the rest of those trades kind of via Kickstarter. And then you'll see those in comic shops down the line. And when you see them in comic shops, they'll be different. You know, there's, uh, um, those covers you see on Kickstarter, uh, you're not going to see those again. Um, those are all exclusives. Um, you know, the, the printing will be very different. It'll be organized differently. There might be extra content in the, um, you know, there's certainly extra content in the Kickstarters that you won't see in the comic shops. There's probably going to be extra content in the comic shops that you didn't see in the Kickstarters, all that stuff. So, um, so it's an interesting model. And I think, you know, everybody's still trying to figure out how best to navigate it. Um, but it's an exciting time, man. I mean, it's like, we're, we're kind of, um, I mean, we're astronauts, you know, landing on a new, uh, a new planet <laughs> and figuring oh, yeah. out how to, how to make lives here, you know? So, uh, but I think we're doing a pretty damn good job thus far. So. Yeah. I've, you know, for the most part, dropped uh, 98% of my pull list. Okay. So I'm getting three books soon to be down to two yeah. uh, on, a, on a regular basis, not including like, you know, mini series. Like uh, I get like uh, Cult of Dracula and I've been grabbing like the bad idea stuff. And yeah. who knows what kind of crazy. Uh, marketing stuff Dinesh and uh, Warren are up to right now. We're waiting to find out. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, then of course you're going to have to order suicide jockeys. So there's that, but, uh, but Oh yeah. Well, you know, so that's, <laughs> that, that, that was on the list. I'm like, yeah. Source point in a store. Yeah. That's crazy talk. Uh, and I, you know, I, I DM'd, uh, the store. I have, I have my LCS, but they only, they pretty much stick to, just ordering from from Diamond. Okay. They don't go. They, they don't. They don't go outside of that because uh, the majority of their customer base, they'll order anything for anybody if they ask them. Yeah. Uh, but the majority of their customer base is just, you know, buying, you know, mainstream and and yeah, Mar- uh, Mar- Marvel, DC, and some image. Yeah, I mean, Marvel, no, DC, so and, and yeah. some scattered, some scattered small press, like uh, yeah. you know, a little bit of Scout and uh, you know, a couple other companies, but you know, for the most part, just doing that. And this other, this other store orders a bunch of stuff, and six months down the road, when that stuff hasn't hasn't sold, like you know, even in like their back issue bins and sales, uh, they put it all in dollar boxes and they haul it to the to the next convention mm-hmm. and you know get rid of it and they're always getting like you know 
great like bronze and silver age books from buying collections and stuff. So, yeah, you know, I get I get some stuff from them and I get the I get my I get my two Batman books from from my my two Batman books in the Hulk from uh my LCS. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, and back it I'm just, you know, for the most part I'm buying like back issues and older like 80s and 90s uh indie stuff. I just bought a I just uh sniped a run of uh Mike Grell's original uh from first comics uh john sable freelance like one to 40 for like 15 bucks oh really and i'm like i i had it as a kid i love the series and I'm like for 15 bucks or 40 issues you can't say no where you're gonna buy a comic for 50 cents yeah no shit you know yeah, so um... it's stuff that catches catches my eye uh i do however have about 40 40 series incoming between Kickstarter, uh, yours included, and uh, nice. and and Indiegogo. Just stuff that I looked at and was like, I really, I really like the story. A lot of it, you know, had that 80, you know, 80s and 90s heavy metal vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So I was like, you know, take take me back, take me back there, and uh, you know, you you buy what you like, and uh, from. You know, from the sound of things, uh, you know, apparently uh, somebody really likes this book already because uh, Nine Panel Press is calling it the action comic event of the year. Yeah, it's funny. We, we've um, we, we've had some good press, you know, uh, uh, thus far. Um, there are a couple of people that have that have read it for for various reasons, and um, and the. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I believe um, I haven't I haven't put it out there because because I haven't gotten the the uh, um, the, the exact quote, but um, uh, you know, Brian Wayne from Cheers to Comics called it uh, called it perfect dot 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 just perfect. Um, <laughs> so I, I I think that's high praise coming from Brian. He has good taste in comics and uh, and um, but uh, but yeah, we've had. Um, you know, we've had not a lot of people have seen it. Um, uh, more, you know, more will see it. Uh, I'll make sure you, you know you, you get a copy uh, uh, as we kind of approach the the FOC here. Um, but um, but yeah, the uh, the the response to the book has been overwhelmingly positive. I mean, it's just it's just fun. It's just uh, it's just cool. It's just badass. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of everything you want out of like an action movie or a, 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 or, or a comic book. It's it's not pretentious at all. Um, you know, I've I've heard that I've heard people like they read it and then they just kind of turn to page one and read it again. You know, because it's it's just one one of those. Yeah, it's just goofy. And then like all my books, it has like all the little Easter eggs in them. You know, and so it's like you you know I, I've heard this said before that you kind of you read it once. And, and you get the story down and then you have to kind of go back and read it again. And then you can pick out all the, Oh wow. There's the 18 fan. Oh wow. There's a, uh, there's a welcome back Carter reference. Oh wow. There's a, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, there's a, this, or there's a, that. So, um, so yeah, it's, um, it's one of those books. And then, um, you know, and then of course, I mean, you start talking about the references and, and the fun of the book. Um, uh, our variant cover game on this is like, is, is pretty fucking strong. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I don't know if you've been watching those, uh, uh, you know, those covers I've been putting on, you know, if you go to my, um, if you go to my, my Instagram, my Twitter, whatever I'm at, Rylan Grant, you can, uh, you can see it on the, uh, the video right here. Um, 
uh, you'll see the covers on this thing. And um, so, yeah, the uh, the issue one variant is a uh, an homage to the original uh, uh, Roadhouse poster. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Um, yeah, which is which is pretty sublime. I, I mean, I think it's one of you know the favorite covers we have ever done. And you know, I mean, if you if if you know me, you know me. But if if you don't, um, I am depending on how you look at it, either kind of famous or infamous for my uh, my variant covers. Again, great radio here. You guys still have my back, I know, but trying to do the and everything. Uh, but we have done some crazy uh, uh, variant covers in our base. So the um, the uh, original variant cover for Aberrant was a um, a Billy D. Williams Aberrant works every time. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Colt forty five ad homage. Um, we did a uh, a coming to America uh, Zamunda variant for. Um, uh, McDowell's variant for um, San Diego Comic Con that had people going crazy. We did um, a weekend at Bernie's variant um, for Pop Cult HQ that you know yeah. people were kind of crazy about. That was for the Ringo Awards, and then Banjax. We did some great ones. Uh, we did a, a Gremlins variant for uh, uh, Dory's Tavern uh, variant for um, San Diego Comic Con, and for the Ringo Awards, we did a Rocky Four variant that people you know went crazy for and so um we are are continuing that tradition here again we have a roadhouse variant for issue one um issue two is this really beautiful bullet variant that may just it may just be the best piece of art that we've put in one of these things um really cool and it's it's, it's a poster that i've loved forever um that we kind of did an homage to but then um uh issue three we did a top gun variant nice. um and it's actually the second uh, Top Gun variant I've ever done. Uh, uh, for Aberrant, we did a Top Gun playing with the boys volleyball variant um, that was very popular. This is, um, you know, Suicide Jockeys is about, you know, it's about these kind of swaggery, you know, guys and gals that uh, that climb into armored tanks and and, air, and aircraft and, and fight monsters. And so this is a more straightforward, like, you know, flyboy Top Gun uh, uh, variant um, for those people. Um, and then uh, the issue four variant, um, which we just finished up, is like a Mr. T cereal homage um, from the eighties. Part of <laughs> I the remember, breakfast. I remember that. Yeah, and so um, hey, Lorenzo. So it is, howdy. Um, and so uh, that's a great fucking cover. That might be uh, that's that's easily like top two or three of uh, covers that we've ever done. But um, but then it gets crazy. Like uh, uh, Source Point has. Um, SourcePoint has a retailer exclusive variant program uh, that is very popular, um, you know, and, and it, it's really uh, aimed at geared towards collectors. Um, and so they have 10 slots. And so um, so there is the there's the regular cover on, on, on issue one. There is the, the, the regular Roadhouse variant. But then there are 10 retailer exclusives also. So you'll actually have 12 covers for issue one. Um, if you are interested in collecting those all, you, you know, for these retailer variants, you, have to, you actually have to go to this specific retailer, but they're, they're, they're uber limited and, and they're bringing in some like, you know, big deal, like heavy duty artists on those things. Um, and, and you're seeing like metal covers and foil covers and all that stuff and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, graded slabbed, uh, uh, books in some cases and stuff like that. Um, and those are starting to hit the market a little bit. Um, uh, Farside Comics, um, uh, just released their cover and it's, it's, you know, it's gorgeous. Um, uh, if you go to, again, to my social media, you'll see the, uh, all the info on that Farside cover. It's, it's really amazing. Um, and, and I think they have a metal variant on that thing that is like about as limited as they come. So, um, 
it's just fun. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm variant crazy. I have all my variants up there and I, I, I love them and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited about them and I, I love doing them and it's just cool to see, um, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's taken two kind of forms with these variant covers where it's like, there are the retailers that they're retailers that come in with a vision. They're like, well, you know, we kind of want to see something like this and we want this artist to do it. And then, you know, I have input on it. Uh, but, but I'm not the one steering the ship. And then there are the retailers that come in and they're like, Hey, we want to, you know, we want to build this thing uh, with you. And then that's really interesting also. So, um, but I don't know, it's interesting to see kind of people like do their take on your book and, and, and what they get and what they don't get and what, um, what after reading it is important to them, you know? Um, and so that's, that's kind of really cool, you know? Um, but, uh, so collect all 12. Got to get them all. Well, let's, uh, let's give everybody a sneak peek of that, uh, that exclusive from Farset. Cause while we're talking, I'm like scrolling through your, uh, your Twitterverse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. It's, it doesn't look like it's crazy high res, but, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And the, you know, that, that, that's two of them put together. My, uh, um, yeah, my, my Instagram will probably have a, I got a cleaner photo of it, but, um, but yeah, it's cool. Um, it's cool. It's crazy. Um, the lighting on that is pretty gorgeous. Um, and that's, you know, that's a good company. They do a lot of, if you, if you're into the like exclusive, uh, um, you know, collectibles, uh, far side's a great outfit. So, um, yeah. check out the other stuff they have too. There's like just so many covers. I mean, I used to complain when dynamite did it cause they did it from the get go. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I love Vampirella and red Sonya, but, uh, I don't need all the covers and, and why isn't Joe Lunsner doing every cover for both those characters? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you definitely don't need all the covers. I mean, there are people who like, who, who do need all the covers, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, there are people who really, you know, who are, you know, uh, uh, completionists. I mean, uh, you look around my office and it's like, you know, I needed, um, you know, I needed all of the, uh, of the uh, WWF LJM uh, uh, thumb wrestlers, you know, I needed every Captain Picard figure that had ever been made. Uh, I need every every Beavis and Butthead thing from the uh, you know from the early '90s that I see on on eBay. Um, uh, you know, every image of um, of Manute Bull and Muggsy Bogues I need to get a hold of. Um, you know, but some things like I can settle for the you know occasional signed uh, Anthony Bourdain thing. Um, it's all about what your brand is and what I love, I, you know, variety is like, is, is the slice of life. Right. Um, uh, you know, it's, um, I mean, uh, it is nice to be able to like pick the cover that you want, you know, um, uh, you know, for me, there's, there's, you know, I do a serious cover and I do kind of a zany cover and, um, and you know, it, it, it tells a lot about, uh, the fans, which one, they, which ones they pick, you know? Um, you know, also it's like it, uh, um, I mean, these covers can kind of, they can bring a new reader in, you know, I, I see it all the time at cons, um, when you're in an artist alley or something like that. Um, I mean, people want to, they want to blow right by the table, right. You know, they don't want to stop at every table, but, um, they will try to blow by my table and, you know, they'll, they'll do like a double take and they'll be like, wait a minute, you know, is that Top Gun? You know, is that Elf on that cover? Is that, um, and then they're pulled in, you know, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, Rocky Four, wait a minute. Um, 
And then, you know, and then they're like, oh, this is, you know, this person is, this person is entertained by the same shit that, that entertains me. And, um, and, uh, and so maybe I should check this out. And, and, uh, you, you know, same thing. And, and I mean, what I love about this, um, I mean, what I love about this retailer exclusive program is that it really, um, it really gets into the kind of cl- those collectible waters, you know, um, again, if you go to far side and, uh, you know, they, they have these metal covers that are, um, you know, that are, uh, uh, you know, I think there are only 25 of them. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you can get them where they, they just come graded and slabbed for you and all that stuff. And, and it, it becomes this like gorgeous, you know, sealed in a case collectible that, uh, um, that you can hang on to and it's about as limited as they come. And so that, that's interesting. I mean, it's cool to see your stuff like, you know, become this piece of, uh, I don't know, like collectible history or, <laughs> or, or yeah. something like that. You know, you know, it, it crosses this line from, um, I mean, for me, I'm writing stories, you know what I'm saying? It, it, and mm-hmm. it becomes really interesting when it, when it kind of also becomes like this very valuable baseball card, you know, um, that that's, uh, that's interesting to me. It's kind of a trip. Yeah, it's like, look at my shiny, shiny new Ryland book. Yeah. <laughs> it's up on a special stand mounted on the wall. Yeah. You know? Uh, speaking of baseball cards, uh, you were doing uh, like baseball style cards in, in your Kickstarters. Are you yeah. looking to continue doing that? Because uh, those were those were pretty popular. <laughs> Yeah, the the Ryland Grant versus trading cards. Um, yeah, if you told my, um, uh, we're, we're we're building a set out. Um, so we started with the second Kickstarter campaign, and we did three. Um, uh, you know, we did a take on the uh, the Billy Ripken fuckface card uh, for Lance Cordry. That was the character for which we won the uh, the Ringo Award from Aberrant. We did a Banjax Garbage Pail Kid. Um, and then what was the other one we did? We did like a, a yeah, Peacekeepers is about a couple of bank robbers and we did like a wanted poster for them. Um, so yeah, people love those. Uh, um, you know, the the um, the feedback on that was more and more and more and more and more. Um, and so we did three more on um, on uh, the last Kickstarter, the Jump 2 Kickstarter. And so we did a, um, um, the digital versions of those will go out today so you'll get to see them. But um, oh, cool. we did like a, a Banjax toy ad, um, you know, if, if you read through Banjax, um, issue two um, introduces uh, in a really interesting way a set of gyro action figures. Um, and so we did kind of like an old, you know, late 80s style uh, Toys R Us, um, you know, newspaper ad um, for the gyro figures, um, which is which is really awesome. Uh, what else did we do? We did a um, we did a jump NES game. Uh, box where it's like front and back um, that is is I think gonna you know tickle some people in an interesting way and then yeah we kind of did a uh, we did another aberrant card that's almost like an ID uh, like a article 13 ID um, but you know we did some cool ones and so we're building it out and, and yeah three per Kickstarter campaign so you know the next car- Kickstarter will have three more um, and yeah we will build it out over time and um, uh, yeah if you told my like I don't know, eight-year-old self that I would be making a trading card set based on stuff that I created. I probably would have shot myself back then. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, they're fun and 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 people love them. I mean, they're they're original and it's clear that we spend time on them. You know, sometimes I've gotten trading cards from other Kickstarter campaigns and it's just like 
a bust or somebody's face or whatever. And it's like, those, you know, those are fine. If you really like those things, it's fine. But, um, but every one of ours has like a big intellectual idea behind it. You know, it's, it's, um, there's a lot of effort that goes into it, not just into the art, but into like conceiving of it. You know, it's like, for me, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, you know, I have to pay an artist to do it. An artist has to spend, you know, time, uh, creating this thing. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it costs to, um, you know, it costs to print it up. It, it, it you know, it, it, it's an extra step when I have to bag up hundreds of things, uh, uh, uh for a Kickstarter campaign, that's mm-hmm. three more times that I have to go like this times hundreds. Um, and so it better, it better fucking be worth it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, and, and I think thus far it has been, um, we ended up with something that's, that's really cool and that people really like. And, um, yeah, there were people who, um, you know, it, we have a lot of people who, who back both peacekeepers and the jump, but of course there are people who, um, you know, who, for whatever reason missed out on the peacekeepers campaign. And so when, when they come to the jump and they see this trading card set, there were a ton of people that were like, Hey, I missed the I missed the peacekeepers campaign. How do I get that first set? Um, and so I had to, I had to add the first set as, as an add on. And so it was like, you know, there are people who were like getting on late. They're like, I, you know, I need the, I need the complete Rylan Grant first set. <laughs> it's not enough for me to own these, 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 these second, you know, the second series, I need the first series too. And so we had a, um, one of our best selling items was, was the first series of that. Uh, of that yeah. Of that I was, I was one set. of those. I was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need them all. Yeah, I made no, room. Cool. I, I sold my original Mar- Marvel 90s card set because it's like, those things are worth money. I go, yeah, okay, right. And then I start seeing, you know, individual cards selling for like $30. I'm like, oh, what crackhead speculator started this? Because I want to shake his hand. I got, you know, I got I got well over $100 from my set. So I was happy. Yeah, And, I, and I reinvested that in another Kickstarter. So, you know. <laughs> It's definitely a good time to uh, definitely a good time to get rid of some collectibles um, if you're not precious about it. Yeah, there's certain there's certain things I'll I'll like you know never get rid of. I've got my I've got my original Migos uh, bridge set from uh, the Enterprise, the Star Trek Enterprise yeah, bridge set. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's cool. And uh, I I've still got a handful of the original '70s figures in there. Oh, nice. And, yeah. you know, I'll never get rid of them. Although I do have to email Dr. Migo because I want to make them complete. So I got to, I got to buy a couple of belts and some, uh, some little blue pieces. But, you know, other than, other than that, I mean, they're original. They're all, they're all in good, you know, they're all in good shape. Surprisingly yeah. with, you know, the hours a week I used to, uh, you know, play yeah. with them in the dirt in the, and everything else but you know they were, they, they were well played yeah well oh played. Yeah. yeah well loved well well loved yeah. toys you know they were made to last back then now uh they're made to come out and go into like an encapsuled thing and just and display on your shelf so yeah well i mean I'm, you know i uh i i have a lot of you know i have a room full of stuff yeah. that is, is, is very yeah, you, precious to me so. you, you have you have a very cool room and uh, I am very entertained by your random posts of uh, of your like old '80s stuff that you that you you know dig up like the original VHS box of like all the Karate Kid movies and display them and you know these movies and those movies and I'm like I, I'm waiting I, for I, the I, nine millimeter reels to come out. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, I don't know if I have any of those. Um, but I, I do have um I have an entire shelf full of Karate Kid VHS tapes. Like I um I you know, I not not only have like all the American ones, but I collect them from other places too. Like I have a Japanese set, an Australian set, uh, a UK set, uh, an Italian set. Um uh you know they all have different art and obviously different lettering and stuff like that mm -hmm. and um you know some of it is pretty awesome so um uh yeah i get into all that stuff but you know and then i mean i have it, 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 here's the thing for me is so like this is the office that i write in um and uh and you know the best stories i ever told i told with my toys when i was a kid um and so i i i I write in this room where I'm surrounded by all those old toys. I mean, I have, I have newer stuff behind me now and just, but you know, but you know, those are all original, you know, uh, you know, eighties toys and in there, um, you know, old original eighties, nineties toys. And, um, and so I'm just kind of surrounded by this nostalgia, you know, it's like all that magic that I felt when I was a kid, it's kind of around me and it, um, and it, you know, it goes, um, you know, I have some really interesting stuff. I mean, it's like, um, you know, my, my, my three and three quarter inch, uh, Magnum PI Ferrari with Magnum and, uh, and TC, which is like, nice. you know, crazy rare. There's just all this stuff that I don't know, you know, I can just, I can just grab it. Um, you know, my, my, my Mr. T, uh, uh, bank, um, I have, I have the entire run of the, uh, Remco Karate Kid figures. Oh, um, yeah, I those, mean, are, just, those are so hot again and the prices yeah. are like, you know, crazy. I'm like, I go, it'd almost be cheaper to buy the hot toys versions of like a karate kid line than it would be to, you know, go back and buy like all those originals. And I remember, I remember all the ads and I was actually working part-time at Toys R Us when those things came out. So, oh yeah, I yeah. got, I got, I got sick of seeing them, but you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm surrounded by, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, original art, uh, collectibles, uh, my favorite version of Nightwing. Nice. I don't. Yeah. I don't care. Everybody. The color's amazing. Yeah. Every, everybody smashes me and says, "Oh, you've got a disco dick." I'm like, "Shut up! That was the best Nightwing ever." Awesome. You know the the original, you know, Marvin George run is uh, is something that I I'd never part with, and I I was lucky enough to get a uh, a print of the artwork from the original issue one one on on the Baxter run they did. Uh, signed yeah. by uh, both George and Marv, so that's uh, that that's under lock and key now, waiting for a nice frame to come in for it. So, oh yeah, you know, yeah. That's cool. So, what is going to be your next Kickstarter for that uh, that crowd? Uh, well, right now it, it is uh, it is most likely going to be um, issues three and four of the Peacekeepers, which again is my Fargo S crime drama. Um, kind of a bank robbery story in the Midwest based on a true story, inspired by a true story, I should say. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that, that's most likely. And then, um, you know, jump three will come soon after that probably. And, uh, and we'll see, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm really kind of crazy busy with movie and TV stuff right now. So, um, mm -hmm. that has, um, slowed me down a little bit, but, um, hasn't, you know, hasn't stopped me. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it's always good to be busy. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, uh, this book, issue one, comes out in August, and issue two is on the stands when? Uh, September. You know, September. Once okay. a month after that. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the first arc's four issues, um, and we'll kind of see where we're at after that. But um, but yeah, um, yeah. So it starts in August. You can uh, you can go down to your LCS and order it right now. Tell me you want the whole thing. Quite the ride. I did. It's a lot of fun. I did, but I told him I go every month. I'm going to look at all the covers coming out, and I will let you know which cover I want. Nice. You know, because I did, I did the, I did the same thing with the, the second Dead End Kids. I, uh, he had, uh, he got Ryan Kincaid to do like the one in ten covers, so like all four covers were connecting. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, I want those. I know Ryan, so I I can mail these to Ryan and have him sign them. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and get him back, you know. So, um, well, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, I am excited to read this book, and even more excited because every time a box comes in for me, I'm surprised because I I'll like you know I'll go down there, and go oh it's gonna be bills, and I get down there, I go Ooh, that looks like it's got comics in it, and yeah, yeah, and I go oh sweet. It's from so and so, and I'll rush upstairs, and then I'll start typing up a, a what's in the box thing, so I can, you know, you know, another excuse to go live because you know having a camera is like crack. Uh, yeah, of course. And you know, show up, show off everything that I got, and it's it's fun for me. Uh, other people might be a little disappointed because they didn't get to get on that one. I'm like, but I didn't get to get on like the last five campaigns they yeah. did, so you know. It all goes around, so it's it's fun seeing you know all the different stuff that comes out from everybody, and uh, we will uh, look forward and uh, be excited at the end of summer when we can get our hands on Suicide Jockeys number one. Ryland, thanks for coming out, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, all the best of luck with this series, and we'll look forward to uh, that next Kickstarter coming soon. Take it easy, guys. Take care.